Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to today's Psychology Forum Commonwealth Club presentation. My name is Patrick O'Reilly, and I will be monitoring today's talk. I am pleased to introduce tonight's speaker, Ms. Tiffany Woods, who is my friend and former colleague. She's a nationally awarded LGBTQ leader and chair emeritus of the California Democratic Party LGBTQ Caucus. She is currently serving as the first state transgender health manager at the Office of AIDS Prevention Branch, California Department of Public Health, where her primary responsibility is the development and coordination of departmental and statewide programs and training focused on gender and trans health in California. So please welcome Ms. Woods. You're welcome. Thank you, Dr. O'Reilly. Man, he runs that gavel. Did you see him? He's like, we're starting right now. Um, so you know who I am. Bios are so cringy. Thank you for shortening that to like the shortest thing. Like we just on Zooms now, just drop, just drop. You want to know who I am? Drop it in the chat. You can do your own research. Um, I'm really excited to be back here to the Common Health Club. So I last time was 2008, uh, 2018. Yeah, a lot has changed. 2018, I know. Uh, the, the biggest change is my hair is now COVID platinum. Um, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that 20 to 23 was real. Um, why are we doing this talk? Like, what is the purpose? Like, right, because we're easy to get information on, on the news and everything. So a couple of reasons why we're doing this talk. One, besides Dr. Dr. Riley, when he asked me to do this talk, I'm concerned about what's going on in the state of this world, right? With trans rights and LGBTQ rights and the rollbacks. And specifically, you mentioned in your email, Florida. Um, so I was like, yeah, I've been tracking it. I've been reading it. I've been working on things like that. Um, so we put this day. I said, yes, absolutely. Um, there are not a lot of... I would say credible media and mainstream media f really reporting on really what's happening. And if you are not trans or gender diverse or not in these states that it's affecting, if you're not part of the community, even if you're not part of the LGBT community, you're like, or if you're not, if you don't, or you're not a parent of a trans kid, yeah, this doesn't affect me. I don't live in Arkansas. I don't live in, in, in Alabama. I don't live in Florida. Um, although I think we're getting the news out of Florida and Texas. Actually, Texas has been the epicenter, not Florida. 57 bills, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, so that's the purpose, um, to really bring some awareness on, on a public forum like the Commonwealth Club um, to really get folks to understand what is really going on and what is the bigger picture. And I try to tend to focus on the bigger picture. So as Mark said, um, you know, I used to be at a clinic for 16 years. I did these talks for you in 2017 and 2018 when um, that other guy, um, the indicted one, um, was literally working every internal um, State Department um, mechanism to uh, remove trans rights, trans, banning trans in the military, removing pro federal protections. And so it was alarming then. And we're like, okay, 2020, we worked hard. We elected Democrats. We got President Biden in the White House. Things are going to get better. And it has. But then in 2021, the states really lost their damn minds, honestly. Um, and the breadth and the scope of how fast is similar to the tragic uh, wildfires that we've experienced in California and recently in, in uh, Maui. We were just there two weeks ago, and we were actually in Lahaina on the 25th of July. Um, so we're, we've been checking with friends and everything. But that, as fast as those wildfires has moved is pretty much as fast as this legislation has swept across the country. Um, and another purpose for this is not affiliated, but this is actually, for those who don't know, in San Francisco, this is the very second... Uh, transgender History Month in the county of San Francisco. Last year, Mayor London Breed declared, um, through a lot of advocacy from the trans community, um, they declared August as uh, Transgender History Month in San Francisco, the very first in the country. Santa Clara has since um, followed suit. And what does that mean? And, and why August, right? Pride Month is June and Pride season goes through November. So why August? Well, the date's lost to history, but at some point in 1966, in August, they kind of think the second or third week, 
um, the trans community and drag artists and gender diverse people um, pulled our what we call our Stonewall in um, in the Tenderloin on Turk Street at Compton's Cafeteria, and they revolted against police brutality and what's known as the Compton's Cafeteria Riots, right? The first known uprising of trans people against police brutality. And so August, we want to celebrate that. Um, so not affiliated with any of those official events for the city of San Francisco, but it ties in, and so I want to recognize that, and it's all related. Um, so that's why we're... Uh, so I'm really glad that we rescheduled to August so that we could actually take advantage of that. Um, and you all are helping me. I don't have to play to this side of the room. I can just stand over here now and just do this and save some time. And um, so I just really want to appreciate you. Yeah, we should get more cozy. And I feel like you're way over in the, like I'm looking over there. Come over, scooch in. Um, I always play to the people who are here because I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Um, and on that note, um, I should have practiced with my clicker, but I didn't. This is, are we doing this one? All right. So let's. Where are we at? Let's see where we're at with this. Do I have to point at a certain thing? I know you're tired of looking at the Commonwealth Club. The green. Then what's with the red button? Oh, that's the top. All right. So I titled this, I was very intentional in saying legislating hate, the legislative assault on transgender LGBTQ Americans. I think a lot of Main Street Americans have been shying away from the hate. And I think we need to call it out. We absolutely need to call it out. Just like we were talking about the assault on reproductive rights, but really... It's a ban on abortion and assault on reproductive rights. And they are linked, the same tactics and everything. Um, and so that's why I really wanted, and, and I know, I was like, oh, I I, maybe they won't push this through because they said hate in it, but I'm glad that they, they let it stand because this is really the reality of it. Um, and just acknowledge my graphics designer at the state. So I am the, I do work at the uh, California Department of Public Health, State Department, uh, Public Health Department, the Office of AIDS, and I'm the very first state transgender health manager um, in California. Um, but I'm not representing my state hat, but it is some of the work I do is, is making sure that California is doubling down and we have all the infrastructure um, for the public health department for um, trans health care. And, and that is the difference between California and these other states. We are passing legislation and doubling down on protections as a sanctuary city for both abortion, reproduction rights, and trans community. So I'm very proud of that. Um, so our graphic designer created this for, um, for our November uh, uh, Trans Awareness Month. So I use this all the time. Um, I really was intentional in putting this thing to this PowerPoint. And I got to tell you, I'm going to be really honest because <laughs> I'm just too tired. Uh, I came from, I live in Sacramento. I used to be in San Leandro. It used to be so easier to get to the Commonwealth Club. And now it was 100 degrees. I had air conditioning went out on Sunday. We, they actually made it this morning. We have solar. So we run it like all night long. My wife, the kids and I have three teenagers. We're all like bundled up and co it's 100 degrees outside. We're all in parkas and blankets because she's running it to like 50 degrees. Um, so it went out and then they came this morning and then my daughter called and her car battery was dead at the school. And so I've had to pick up my mother and um, yeah, I'm here <laughs> and I'm just, I feel like I'm going through another change and I'm done changing. So it's like transition, change, menopause, change, like I'm done changing. Okay. We know this, but I think it needs bare repeating. The trans people, we've been here. We've been here. Trans and gender diverse since ancient, ancient texts talk about us. Um, we're always going to be here. This is not our first rodeo being trying to be um, legislated out of existence. Um, it it doesn't hurt any less, but um, we've been through we've been through it all. I'm going to take you through a little history trip in the middle of this presentation. We're going to go back over 100 years um, to see where we were. But um, the point is, is just be hopeful that we we're all we're never going to go away. We're always going to be part of the fabric of human society and human nature, and uh, they can just deal with it. So. Um, it, it gives it gives young community hope to know that we've been through something like this before, and we've always come through. Um, we are resilient, but I honestly believe that we should never have to be so damn resilient. Um, all of our communities, um, we 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 just we, most trans people just really want to. I, I just I would rather be at home right now, uh, helping the kids with their homework, than having to sit there talk about the legislation that's trying to legislate us out as of existence. We just want to, you know, we have lives and careers and family and we just want to focus on them and instead of constantly having to defend our existence. Um, so 
We are, trans and gender diverse, it's very hard to pinpoint our, um, how many of us, how many, how many trans people are there? Who knows? Because how many of us want to actually disclose that? History has taught us that there are consequences with disclosing if you are marginal, um, especially if you're gender diverse. This is not a unique American thing. This is a global thing. Um, when we do get the data, it's often flawed, but this is actually the latest data in 2022 for the UCLA School of Law from Williams Institute. It gives us a denominator. Um, 1.4 to 1.6%. So if you do the numbers, and this just came out in 2020, we were all excited. We have a new number. Now we can do some research and everything. And then, it, then, then of course, the other researchers go, well, can we validate that denominator? I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, now we're going to just sit around for the next year deciding if this is the right population and number. We will never know because so many people don't want to disclose on, on, on any kind of a form. But we're basically, we're basically 1.6% of the U.S. population. That is a minuscule amount to be focused 90% of all the legislation filed in the last year, 90% in all the state houses against 1.6% of the population. So just think about that. That's a firestorm. That is an intentional assault of hate. So why? <laughs> why? And the majority on trans youth, our most vulnerable kids trying to figure out who they are in their schools and in their families and just in the big picture. Um, so yeah, so I really wanted to, to just point that out because it's an important statistic and it really grounds us into what's really happening. Um, all right, are you ready? So I really wanted to do a very visual thing. I wanted you to not to trigger anybody, but to just see what we are reading online every day. Trans and LGBTQ people are reading this stuff every day. We are following the legislation. And it's, it can be traumatizing, triggering, and tiring. And I got to tell you, I put together, I came out in 1989. I've been in public health for 20, 20 almost 23 now, like 20, 2002, yeah. I put together so many presentations. This was one of the hardest I've ever put together in my life. I had to take breaks because just trying to pull screenshots and make it all. I, this is a highlight overview um there's no way you can capture the scope and breadth of this in a 45 minute plus q a basically an hour talk you just can't we could do eight hours and still we're going to leave things out so don't throw any tomatoes or anything because i left something out there's just no way to do it um dr riley really wanted me to put together kind of like a high level and focus on the the two biggest things that we hear in the news is florida and texas um so this is what this is um 566 bills. Now, that's actually, we don't know if it's 566 or 588 or what, and others will tell you 400 and others will tell you 370. There are so many bills that we can't honestly keep track of them and come up with the exact number. We think it's about 580 now, but we know that there is some legislation. There's, I think one of the states is uh, going to actually move forward legislation tomorrow. And so it's so hard for even all those who, who this is their full-time job is tracking the legislation. Um, and we see why. We see that it's, it's fueled. We know we've been here before in the LGBT community. Discrimination, uh, lying, protecting girls and women and children. And uh, they're, they're, the scope of what they're doing now is, goes beyond um, restricting where I pee in public. That was really new in 2016. They've gone way beyond. They're getting really creative. Um, and they do nothing but right now mostly harming trans children and youth. So you'll see in the blue, this presentation can be made available, and I've kind of highlighted the, the media sources. Just um, This is just a kind of a, what are they going after? They're going after gender-affirming care bans. If trans kids can't become trans adults... And we have other laws to take care of trans adults. We can effectively get rid of trans people without having to, you know, do anything physical. Let's get rid of the, the mechanisms that make us who we are. That's some of their thought process. Bans on, we know the trans youth and participating in sports. Barring trans people from using bathrooms, course gender, LGBTQ censorship in schools, the think Florida, don't say gay, which is actually modeled after Russia's don't say gay. Um, 
Drag bands is new. New in a sense for many people, but it's a repackaged gender expression um, tool that goes back to the 40s and 30s and 50s. I'll get into that a little bit later. Bans on name, pronoun changes, government issued documents. Everything that we have pushed forward and, and won rights, they're coming after. And this is, too, this is from literally last year, in 2022. They were two, over 240. Um, measures really going after school curriculums, um, inclusive school, not just, don't you see sexual, you know, sex ed, as what we used to say, sex ed. Um, sports, bathroom, everything. Not even being able to say uh, what we call social transition. Nothing, not even seeing a medical provider, but my kid want, goes by, you know, Johnny now instead of Joan and wants to use he pronouns and wear a baseball cap backwards. No, no, can't do that now in a lot of school districts. They're banning social transition. Um, and the minute that Johnny has come to you as a teacher or guidance counselor, then you, they notify your parents. Johnny came, doesn't want parents to know because they're, they've been very clear they're not supportive. So now... These are mandates to out the kids. We're going to get into Cal- California has that, and that's going on now. So the importance is, this, yes, this is all going on across the state, but now they're bringing these taxes home to California to chip away at all the progress that we have won in this for the last probably three decades um, when we used to be hardcore Republican. Um, and then, of course, Texas. Texas is just, Texas is, is in a whole other state, uh, Texas and Florida. So the big news in 2022 was the governor of Texas, because of a brief by the attorney general that was not binding, nor was it legal or mandated, but the governor of Texas took that brief saying that basically gender affirming care for minors was illegal um, and child abuse. So, of course, the governor, their friends, they worked together. It's according to that. The governor then de- de- decided that all... Uh, gender-friendly care is child abuse, ordered Department of Children's Services to investigate all cases of gender-affirming care with minors in the state and open up child abuse cases. That, that wasn't legislation. This had nothing to... Then, let's not even forget about the border issues going on. This was just... So, I'm a parent. I have a trans child. They're 9, 10, 12, 13. We're going through just counseling. We're doing all the standards of care and psychology. And, and, um, but because those records might be public or private, but anyway, they have now access. And now I get CPS, Children Protective Service, at my door investigating me for child abuse because I'm trying to make sure my kid has all their health keys and doesn't commit suicide because of their gender dysphoria. And now they're going, well, that's working in Texas. Let's take that to other states. This has been halted right now by a federal judge, but it has not been resolved. So that's a newer front on the tactic. Um, and then we have, I like everybody's looking this way. I just want to come over here and just make sure y'all good. Good. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Whew. 2021. Let's not forget 2021. 2021 was cute. Um, uh, this slide was important to me because I was using this at work in my training. I do trans trainings without the state um, to just build infrastructure. But so we see in 2015, 19, man, we were living large in, in, in 2015. Uh, then we went to 55th and then we did a decline. We did a decline, actually a decline in, with Trump. In 20, and you had me out here on the stage talking about the dangers of Trump. And again, this is state. So we focus on the federal while the state was like trying to figure out what to do. Um, 2019 to 19, then 2020, 20 said, oh, let, let's pick up the pace. We, we, we slacking. And then 2021 said, oh, yeah, we, we going to kick this into gear. What happened? Like, why? 20, my, 2016 was the first bathroom bills, North Carolina. Right? We have had con- evangelicals and conservatives say that trans identity has only been around since 2015. That's one of their talking points. This onset of gender ideology started in 2015. I don't know. I came out in 1989 at, tw- at 25 years old, and I was dealing with gender dysphoria as a kid in the 60s and 70s. So maybe I'm just a unicorn. I am. I also have green eyes, and only 2% of the world have green eyes. 
plus only 2% of the world is trans. So yeah, I'm pretty much of a unicorn. Um, but yeah, so, so I think this is really important. Now, and now you see where we're at now at over almost 600 for some cases. So there's been a big push to really criminalize us. So this is a great resource. It's called the anti-trans, uh, the trans legislation tracker. A bunch of gender diverse people that are just really online tracking all these things and taking the time because it takes a lot of time to track these through all the legislative um, bills and state houses. This is around July at the latest, might change slightly. It's so hard because things change weekly, but this is where we're at. This is pretty much the best resource. I highly recommend you check it out. So, 566 bills, 80 passed, 358 active, 128 failed. You know, point out the 128 felled is really key, right? They're not, this isn't just like rumming through 50 to nothing and, you know, they are, they are failing. Um, but in the, the, the super majority states, which is right there in the middle of the country, where they have the trifecta, they have the governorship, the assembly, and the Senate. They are ramming them through. They are also, um, they, they are pulling middle of the night sessions. They're... Oh, um, 8 o'clock in the morning, we have a hearing. Democrats don't even hear about it until, you know, 8 a.m., but they've already notified their, their, those who are testifying that are already ready. And so they're, what they're doing is not, they're not following the laws of notification to the public to organize and show up and publicize. They're giving the communities 24 hours to organize. Um, thank God we have amazing activists in these states that are, and social media really helps mobilized communities. But this is, this is kind of a really good example of where we're at. Because I'm a, I wanted to show a different maps. I like visual. We're not all, I, I, at the state, we get all these little four-point, high-level, four-line PowerPoint. Like, no, no. We need to see what's going on. That's colorful. And it's cute. December, June. Um, I'll let you even read it. I'll let you read so this comes from Erin um, Aaron Reed. She's a trans woman who has basically quit her job and de- devoting her life to, to be a media journalist um, and really working um, on, on reporting out. Um, yeah. Let me even come down off my high horse up here. Can I take the stage? This is cute. I need this in the kitchen at home when I'm trying to get the kids to eat. This is all where anti-trans laws are at their highest. You can see how they've expanded. So in the, the lovely tan, kind of like Obama's tan suit, they were at a risk. Now they, they went ahead and did it. They might have been at risk to pass anti-trans laws, and they said, oh, yeah, we're going through it. We're going to do it. The only ones that have not done anything that was at a pretty high risk has been Wyoming, West Virginia. Okay. The blue, the baby blue, the trans baby blue is over here. These are all trans sanctuary laws or what we call shield laws california is the first one we will protect you when you come here if these states many of these states now have laws that say we will go after you your family and your trans kid to bring you and extradite you back to file criminal charges because you sought trans affirming care for your minor we make it the lowest a traffic ticket is a higher priority in the state of california now Thanks to our Attorney General Bonta and our legislation. So, um, but you can see how little they are. If you're in the middle of country, so it's not, you can't just move to your neighboring state now, all by design. And again, these are all supermajority Republican held um, states. So I want you to think about that. That's where we're at. That's the work ahead of us. And then <laughs> my favorite is uh, they, they just blacked out Florida. They said, don't even go. Like, there's literally, we'll get into travel. Like, do not go to Florida is the, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, I had to take a break after. I was like, I'm going to go get a glass of wine, checking on the kids, because I was trying to format this Friday night at like 10 o'clock. Um. What happened? This is what's going on on March 1st, 2023. They're just doing way too much here. We got Arkansas with a college, college right to misgender on college campuses. You have a right to misgender. Erica, I'm, I have a right to misgender you on campus. We can't do nothing about it. 
Arkansas adult bathroom ban, Georgia student gender marker ban, forced outing, Iowa student bathroom ban on the Senate side. Make sure they point out on the Senate side. Senate's, the Senate's got to get in there too, get some attention. Uh, drag ban in Iowa. So this is one of the, first, the first drag bans were being proposed. Missouri, don't say gay bill. Tennessee, Tennessee doing a lot too. Insurance, ban on all insurances that cover gender affirming care. Should be noted historically, all insurances in California and most of the states ban transgender care, ban HIV care prior to the Affordable Care Act. We were considered experimental and we were considered a, um, what is that word? What is it? Um, uh, what do you call it? When you, uh, like an elective, right? So the Affordable Act Care Act gave us health care that we had. They're trying, that's why they've been trying to remove it. Um, So now they're chipping away at the insurance providers now. Oklahoma, total funding ban for trans adult chair. And they said New Mexico was actually the only one that said, hey, let's do something positive here and let's have a right to gender family care and abortion. Uh, Thank you, New Mexico. We see you way down the bottom of the state. Yeah, doing too much. Um, So let's focus on medical care. Why medical care? What is the big deal? Again, as I said in the beginning of the talk, if trans kids can't, there's some mentality that if we stop the care, which they have framed now as mutilation, mutilation, then they can't be trans. They won't be coming to be trans like me um, or other trans adults. And then, you know, we won. It's not going to stop anything. It's just going to force these kids to go underground. It's going to force them into depression, suicide. We have all the data. We have the statistic. Um, They're not helping anything. You're still going to be trans. You just can't access transition services. Nobody's going to not be trans because I can't get my care. That's never worked in history. So 19 states, actually 20 states now. Um, this one says 20. See, it's just like, what's the number? Well, it's so hard. So just, just again, I wanted you to, this is what we're reading. This is what kids, this is what these kids are reading in the news every day. This is why the mental health state is so, um, the statistics are so high. These are best practices. Um, this is just a different map. This is another resource. It's called the Movement at, at Manson Prime. I highly recommend you look at it. Um, and this is where it really just focuses on the colors. Again, you see the tan with the green. Those are shield laws. But these are where best practices have been already in fact, and now they're being... So these are kids already on gender-affirming care now being either forced to wean off of their gender-affirming care. Some have grandfather clauses in there where they're being allowed to continue on, but nobody else knew. No, no new people, no new kids can get on. And then some of these states are now actually criminalizing, just like Texas. So think Texas, where your neighbor can switch on you if you find out that you are going in for, they're doing this now for trans care. Oh, I know what she's doing down the street. She got that kid. She's trying to turn that kid into a girl. I'm going to call. And they, you come in for services. Lila, who works at a clinic, could call and say, this, kid, this parent came in for a kid. I'm calling Child Protective Services and the police. And they're going to show up. Yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah. I really want to just go over really quickly for those who aren't that aware of gender-affirming care. Is this really, really, uh, just a quick refresher. Again, for some of these, this is just a refresher and nothing new here. Um, but gender-affirming care, this was settled in 2008. When the American Medical Association came out with all their guidelines. So let's see. If trans people only showed up in gender identity in 2015, but... American Medical Association came out with their guidelines in 2008. The math's not it. This is 2008. That's almost 20 years now. They're nothing experimental. Uh, Medically necessary, evidence-based care, multidiscipline. You work with a team. Um, You work with a whole... Nobody's nobody's going under surgeries. Nobody's just handing pills over a counter. There's American Academy of Pediatrics as part of this. What does it do? Here's your outcomes that it. These are all standard best practices: reduction of rates of suicide, decreased rates of depression, anxiety, decreased substance abuse, improved HIV medication adherence for those who are HIV positive, reduced use harm self-prescribed hormones. What self-prescribed hormones? Street hormones. Street hormones, because um, we don't know what's in them. Um, and even if we know that the hormones, let's say from Mexico, are coming in from all of our trans Latinas, but 
we need some blood work. Blood work is we get them in, we get some blood work. We find other things like diabetes, like cancer, like elevated blood pressure, elevated cholesterol, right? So we want to make sure that there's some medical um, uh, evaluation going on here. And then, of course, um, silicone injections can migrate. And uh, some of these things are always going to continue on in the community, but we can mitigate a lot of stuff. Positive health effects from gender-affirming care extend to children and adolescents. Uh, U.S. Department of Health and Services Office of Population recently noted in a resource paper. And so I've highlighted some important things throughout this, like in red and yellow, that it just made it a little bit more fun to um, highlight a non-fun topic. I'm usually fun. I'm the fun mom. Right, Grandma? <laughs> because gender-friendly care encompasses many facets of health care and support. It has been shown to increase positive outcomes for gender, non-binary children and adolescents. They know this, and that's why they don't want this going on. They're trying to stop it. Um, I've lost trans youth to suicide. I used to work with trans youth at the clinic that I used to work at. Um, and they were, my, they were the best client. They were the happiest clients. Um, but I've also lost them to suicide and, and other illegal silicone injections that have, you know. So I have a lot of firsthand knowledge of literally the effects. And um, we, I've, we've prescribed puberty blockers. They're reversible and harmless. This is all, they've been prescribed since the 70s and 80s for cisgender kids. But, but we can't do it for trans kids. Nope. Um, 54% of Americans in an NPR, I'm just not plugging an NPR because I might be on there with this talk, but uh, 54% said they oppose. Like there, can we talk about climate, economy, housing, unhoused, uh, you know, they, they they clearly don't want all this legislation going on. It's doing nothing to help their communities. So Americans are opposed. Well, who's behind all this? And in politics, we say, follow the money. Yeah, pretty much. 2014. So Mother Jones recently, um, I love our, our community when they can get out there and hack away. Um, a whole bunch of emails have been hacked and discovered and leaked. 2014, far-right social conservatives started to strategically attack social media. Um, they started spreading all the disinformation. This is before COVID, so before all the COVID deniers and were out and taken for us. Uh, fear, divisiveness towards trans people, engaged feminists to do who are opposed to trans women, which has always been a thing since going back to the 60s. Um, they're like, hey, you know, you know what? Trans women are really taking away women's spaces. Um, you don't want them in their communities. They're really men that are pretending to be women, and there's no way they could be women, so um, you should join us. And they have. Um, transphobic alarmism. We are a threat to children. Yeah. Transgender ideology invading classrooms, inclusive school programs. Trans children were threatening cisgender children. This is a newer thing that they're, uh, you'll, you'll see a lawsuit where 9, 10, 11, 12, a group of trans high school girl, or I'm sorry, cisgender girls are filing lawsuit against the one trans kid and saying that they are being harmed because that kid used their bathroom or their changing room or their locker room, violating their civil rights. And their right to privacy. This is the newer tactic. They've won a couple. They've lost most. This is a resource. Um, trans Day of Visibility put this out. Tra Vox. This is all trans journalists putting this together. Um, because mainstream media is trying to do both sides. There's no what's both sides about this. It's literally us saying everybody needs to pay attention because we're going down first. They're coming after everybody else. You don't want us going down first. This is also, I want to just really also point out from a trans personal and activist for since the nineties, when LGBTQ legislation, such as the equality act. And before that, the uh, employment on discrimination act, when the community is trying to leave trans people behind because the, it, oh, this will pass. We leave the trans people behind. They're just not palatable to society. It weakens our safety. It makes it easier for our enemies to be able to mobilize against us. So this is also part of that. They know that a lot of community is not really happy to have the T 
attached with the L and the, the G and the B and the other alphabet suit Africans, right? So, uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom, the Family Research Council, the Liberty Council, and American Principal Projects have been the main architects. These are cookie cutter templates. They are also connected to the Heritage Foundation. That, if you're, that sounds familiar to you, they're the ones that have uh, basically told President Trump, his right-wing judges. Um, American Principles Project got some coin, 50 million, just in an anti-trans attack ads in 2022. $50 million. Yeah, so they, they just, they, they do the template, they connect to the right-wing Republicans in those states, and they just fill in the blank. They've written all the legislation. Why? Why are they doing this? Besides that they hate us and don't like us? They aim to shape policy based on the theological and conservative beliefs around sex, gender, and family, and this is directly from their emails. I've often said that we threaten the foundation of God, and this is not a religious act, but God created male and female. Well, we obviously represent evolution, gender diverse people, just like nature. So we threaten that. And so they want to come after us. We need to stop threatening that. So we threaten their religious beliefs and their theological foundation. Um, yeah, this was fun. So dehumanizing language. This is all what, that I've highlighted yellow or words that are going around in legislative hearings and media talks. So some of these aren't new. Harmful, experimental. Experimental is really nice. for That's for gender care and puberty. Um, I saw experimental in used in insurance writers when I was trying to get health care in early 2000s before I got Kaiser. That was one of the reasons they excluded us. Um, well, what is the other one? It's the pre, um, the pre what? The, yes, pre-existing condition. So they knew gender dysphoria was real and it was in the DSM. So they considered a pre-existing condition and then excluded. Oh, HIV positive. Oh, that's a pre-existing condition. We're not going to collect... Severe mental illness, grooming. We saw that in the 70s with uh, anti-homosexual laws. Mutants is new. This is good. I think the whole missed the whole point of the X-Men movies and the X-Men franchise. Like, this is our superpower. But uh, this is a Florida legislature during these, an these horrible Florida hearings literally screamed at the trans people assembled um, that were advocating in testimony and called them mutants and from another planet out loud. Equated drag queens to sexual deviancy, perversion, banning drag altogether. So these are all their justifications. Um, and we should, history in the 70s, Anita Bryant, remember the Save the Children campaign in Fremont and in Florida? Florida. Love Florida. I think we should just kind of float it down. Cuba needs some more land. Uh, I said it out loud, I did. NPR, cut that out. <laughs> um, yes, Anita Bryant in the 70s is the one who started the Save the Children campaign. And the very first ever anti-homosexual ordinance was passed in Florida. Uh, and then the Briggs Initiative started here in California, and we mobilized to defeat it to um, ban um, gay teachers in the classroom. And we defeated that. Um, so here we are again, saving the children from puberty blockers and hormones and themselves. But our man over here, Michael Knowles at CPAC earlier in the year, um, decided to go on stage and speak and say that transgenderism needs to be eradicated from society eradicated from society. I know I'm going to move this talk on. So let us, we, this is nothing new. Let's take a really quick trip back in the history of 100 years ago, 1933 for those. This is, again, uh, may not be new knowledge. But the very first sexual uh, institute, Institute for Sexuology, was actually in Weimar Republic. One of the other things I wanted to connect was in Ohio, in May, at a drag queen story hour, neo-Nazis showed up. One of them was on a bullhorn yelling, why more problems, why more solutions? Don't want to just take a little back. Let's go back in history to see what happened in Weimar. The Weimar Republic was before the democracy of Germany, before Nazi. Um, so the very first sex, so sexuality, sexuality institute was in uh, Berlin. Bunch of gender diverse people here in the picture. Um, again, experimental. We've only been around since 2015. Magnus Hirschfeld a very famous sexologist. He was Jewish, gay. He was targeted. Um, 
He coined the term transvestism and transsexualism. Those were the two first words that we ever had up until probably the 60s. Um, highlighted in yellow at a time when his contemporaries aimed to cure transgender patients of their alleged mental affliction. So they're coming after us 100 years ago. Define transvestism as a desire to express one's gender to opposition, their desired sex. You should, um, really good history of this is um, on the Scientific American blog. Um, you can find this history everywhere. We believe the very first ever um, trans person to actually have gender confirmation surgery, which they used to say sex reassignment surgery, which used to say sex change surgery, again, evolution of language, um, actually happened there. This is before the famous case of Lily Elb um, that we've seen the movies and the stories. Um, there's no record of her after 1933. We, she was believed to be killed in the raids, um, but she actually, he employed trans people in his institute. Um, so then here comes the Nazis. This is what their beliefs was. Uh, they referred to all transgenders, transvestites, basically said we were gay, um, called us all homosexual, tried not to make any distinctions. We were just all bad. But in 1933, Hamburg city administration asked the head of police to pay special attention to transvestites and to deliver them to the concentration camps. Um, in 38, the Institute of Forensic Medicine recommended that the phenomena of transvestism be exterminated from public life. Michael Knowles, CPAC, 2023, transgenderism eradicated. Our enemies know our history better than our community does. Institute went on to state draconian measures by the government against stubborn and hard-headed transvestites are adequate. My mom's always said I've been stubborn and hard-headed. Sorry, sorry mom. <laughs> I guess it's just part of our trans DNA. Um, famous date, we just uh, recognized this in May, 100-year history, literally 100 years ago. The very first book banning that ever happened in the early Nazi Germany was actually the Institute being ransacked by the brown shirts, the youth. Um, they ransacked, uh, they believe somewhere around 12,500 books, artifacts, statues. They confiscated all of Hirschfeld's um, files, including the address lists for all the gay men that came through the clinic that they used to round up in the concentration camps. He was actually in, at a conference in Sweden and he never returned and then was in exile. So when you see the very first pictures, this is actually, they targeted the trans people first. You'll see there's a, the, the largest book banning, um, burning was actually four days later, May 10th, that was when all the Jewish history and the Jewish books. Um, but the very first one, they came after trans people first and gender diverse people. So a lot of people don't know that, but we know our history and they know our history. So that's why more solutions right there. Um, Important to know that Arkansas started, jumped off with the healthcare ban in 2021. We were all like shocked. Um, a emergency room physician testified that as these proceedings were going and as it was passed, that six trans youth um, were seen in emergency room departments with suicide attempts after this was passed. This has now been stopped and ruled unconstitutional by a federal judge. This is our first unconstitutional reading based on the 14th Amendment of due process and um, uh, expression, um, the right to express and the right to um, liberty, also violating the First Amendment rights of medical providers. So this is one of our legislative tactics now to use the 14th Amendment, the First Amendment to stop these bans. This is the very first um, federal judge. So this is binding. Uh, important to know, Florida and Texas really jumped off in 2022. We're going to get into them really quickly. Um, Chase Strangio is a trans uh, man lawyer for the ACLU, um, and he really is calling it out, um, eradicate trans youth and trans lives. Um, he saw the trends happening and was really trying to alarm everybody while he was frantically trying to fight these lawsuits. Uh, what we're seeing is a national well-funded effort to attack and eradicate trans youth and trans lives specifically. And he called it. Florida. So these are for you, Dr. Riley. <laughs> Here's your Florida. As we know all about Florida. Um, this is just some of the highlights. They have a lot of, they have a, you could do a whole reel with them on Instagram. Um, uh, the biggest thing about them, we know the say the don't say gay. Now they have uh, doubled down on the don't say gay. But really in yellow here is they have now added Florida courts temporary emergency jurisdiction over a child if they have been subjected to threatened or sexual violent prescriptions or procedures. So if I'm in a parent custody with my wife or my spouse 
and one of us agrees about I'm treating my child for our child for genocide, and the other one doesn't, the other one can go to the court and petition the court to take custody of the children. That's a newer tactic. Um, and then, of course, the floor, the two Florida Board of Medicines, Ram wrote um, these changes. They are all um, Governor DeSantis appointees. Um, so they basically removed all gender affirming care out for even adults in the state of Florida. Uh, the new laws, the guidance just dropped on August 8th. And really, it's really an attempt to erase trans people from Florida scores. Teachers, disciplinary actum, basically, they can't exist. Um, it's just their broader can. They don't want trans people in the state of Florida. So these two laws, HB 1609 and HB 1521, pretty much taken together, the slate of legislation appears designated to drive trans teachers and staff out of the state's public school system, subjecting them to constant threat of discipline for simply existing as a trans person. Um, Texas... Texas has signed two bills, but actually they have filed the most legislation this year, 57. Um, they signed the gender can we bear from minors in September 1, and then, of course, the um, investigation of families. In 2017, I was actually um, training the Houston Public Health Department on trans uh, uh, data and outreach. While 27, special this is in July of 2017, there's a special session going on at the um, Austin State Capitol, and they were... 27, they were hearing 27 bills while here as a trans instructor, and one of them was a bathroom bill. And I was like, I have to acknowledge that. Like, you trying to do this, this new CDC grant to get trans people to the clinics on, on prep, and they can't even go to the bathroom. They're not going to be at the clinics waiting for you because they can't leave their house. They're being criminalized, you know, in the legislature. Um, that was surreal. Like, literally, I'm just, that was going on. Um, so Texas is special. Texas's drag bill ban is really special. They went really extra. And it's zeal to target trans. The legislature passed a bill so yawning in scope that it criminalizes and restricts an enormous swath of constitutional protected activity. Um, so basically, they're saying that drag is sexual and violates sexual laws. Um, yeah, so that's Texas. Montana is very special. Montana has our only first trans-elected legislature, Zoe Zephyr. I was fortunate to meet her at the White House in December, and Aaron, and she's actually the partner of Aaron Reed, who I mentioned earlier. Um, so Zoe has been fighting these. She's the only trans-legislature on the floor listening to all these um, anti-trans bills in Montana. She finally spoke up, and she said, um, I hope when you pray tonight that you when you vote in favor of these bloods that um, you recognize and you see the blood on your hands. She called them out. So they censured her. Um, so this is another tactic. So similar to what they did in Tennessee with the, the Tennessee Three, um, they censured Zoe. Um, so Montana is like one of the ground zeros right now. They also have passed a bill. Part of one of those anti-trans packages was... Um, under 18 cannot access anything on social media or online that has anything transgenderism, transgender, anything in, in any kind of content. So basically, they need permission for their parents to go online and access anything. So they're trying now to stop social media content for trans, any kind of trans information coming into Montana. Um, and of course, bathroom bills are back. I mentioned that earlier. This is... Uh, Florida's law makes it misdemeanor trespassing offense for someone to use bathrooms in state and local government buildings, school colleges, intention to centers that don't lie of their sex at birth. So if you're on college campus, University of Florida, Florida A&M, and you're trans, gender diverse, you can't go to the bathroom. Um, and again, as I referenced, the first one was HB2 in 2016. We saw trans refugees fleeing North Carolina to our clinic in Fremont, um, looking for services and fleeing the state. I took, this is a selfie I took in 2017 on my way back from D.C. at a layover in Charlotte. I actually think it's one of the best selfies I ever took. I like really cute there. Um, but it's in the bathroom. I was violating the law in North Carolina, but it, it being in the bathroom and taking a selfie. At least I look good violating the law. Now, the law, they're actually, if there's a minor in the bathroom, so basically if you were in the bathroom and a minor, a, kid, a parent comes in with their kid, and sees you, they can arrest you. 
because there's a minor present about them. So basically, you didn't lock your ass in the stall and stay there until there's nobody can come out. Yeah, that's what they're doing. So not just being in the bathroom, but now who's present in the bathroom. Um, and now Congress has taken up the ball down the field. Um, they just recently had the, the dangers and due process violations, gender affirming care for children in Congress, which is basically a, just a transphobic um, uh, crap show. Just basically um, an opportunity to rail against trans uh, care. Um, that got big news. So Congress is now taking up what the legislature's have. These are all must-pass appropriations bills that they've attached um, anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ legislation writers to, such everything from the defense authorization, bans on pride flags on U.S. military property, bases, uh, banning trans-affirming trans care for all trans veterans, let alone trans uh, kids of trans veterans. Um, yeah, they're just every which way they can. These are must-pass. The Senate won't bring them up, but even if they get to the desk, will the president veto them? Because these are, again, must-pass. And they know that they're must-pass, and so they're adding. There's even um, uh, marriage equality writers in here um, banning marriage equality, which has already been settled. So Congress is now, th their ultimate goal, they've said, is to pass a gender-affirming care for trans adults and minors uh, federal ban. Um, so again, just snapshots of Congress. So really quickly, some impacts. How is this impacting? Because before the audience, we know folks are moving. We know trans youth are moving. Um, AJ here during the congressional hearings was actually literally um, on the phone with relatives in Belgium trying to figure out how to move to Europe. Um, recent study said 40% of trans adults are considered moving to anti-LGBT uh, states. So we know there's a migration of trans parents and trans people. Um, we know the impacts of, of deteriorating mental health, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Um, the Human Rights Campaign um, announced the very first ever national state of emergency for LGBT Americans. They've never done this in their 50 plus year history. Um, citing a record-breaking wave of legislation targeting the LGBT community nationwide and increased violence for the community. Um, Florida, it's Equality Florida, their, their largest equality organization, um, passed a travel advisory, so did the NAACP, basically saying, do not come here, it's unsafe. Uh, how are we fighting back? Many ways. These are just some of the obvious ones, obviously legislation, and we're winning almost every victory in court. Um, we've already struck down arguments as bad as unconstitutional. Uh, Alabama and Indiana have been blocked. The Department of Justice um, has been warning these states that bans on transgender youth care are unconstitutional. And of course, the drag bans are losing on First Amendment um, freedom of expression rights which we knew they would. We have lawyers from the ACLU and Lambda League telling them in court, we will sue you. They're being, we're winning in other states. It's going to cost you millions of dollars, just like in Alabama and Arkansas. Don't do this. And they're going ahead and do it anyways because they want to score their political points. They don't care that kids are going to be suffering in the meantime. It could be a year before these are settled. They know that. The, the goal is to get as much damage as possible. We need to come up with better legislation strategy. We can't just wait till they get passed and then fight them in court because- that's just too long of a process, and we just don't have enough legal firepower in all these states. Um, these are just some other quick shots. Trump-appointed ban denies the right to trans-free bathrooms. That was in what was that? I don't have Ohio. This, these are all just in the last couple of weeks. U.S. District Court has temporarily blocked discriminated at whole restaurant ban. Federal judge denies the right to bully trans students in Ohio. Seventh Circuit. Um, bathroom rights for trans youth reject gender-neutral alternatives. So we are winning in court. Um, pediatricians, the American Academy of Pediatricians a couple weeks ago reaffirmed his support for gender-affirming medical care. Um, and are, So thank God nobody's backing down. They're going to um, vote to provide additional documents to support pediatricians. Yay. We are seeing mass protests and walkouts. This is what gives me hope is the youth. They are fighting it back. They're walking out of school. They don't care if they're getting suspended. They're doing good old-fashioned die-ins that ACT UP started in the 80s. Um, prides are being canceled in Florida and other states, but um, 
Everywhere that there's prides have been the highest of turnouts in decades as people are taking to the streets to, um, pride's always been an act of protest. So we're seeing record protests and walkouts. Um, and then here in California, we were the first to officially declare a sanctuary state for trans youth and parents. Uh, Attorney General Bonta just released the state of pride for pride month. Um, shedding light on his efforts and the attorney that did Department of Justice. Uh, hate crimes are up. FBI federal hate crimes are up across all categories. And here in California, we are up um, 29% on sexual orientation bias and uh, 55% of hate crimes against motivated by anti-trans and gender nonconforming bias. Um, so he is um, definitely taking it serious. And uh, this is really important. I just want to highlight this in California. As these tactics are coming to the school boards in California, they really hit the school boards. AB 1314 was introduced by Republican, uh, Republican assembly members that would have outed trans students um, in California assembly. The assembly member, Al Maratucci, as the chair committee, said, I'm not bringing this up. This Even the debate on this constitute... Um, hearing potentially provide a forum for increasing hateful rhetoric towards LGBT youth, just even having a debate. So as this did not come up to committee, a few days later, I got a random phone call by one of the haters in LA who randomly went through the LGBT caucus website, pulled our public phone numbers and emails, and for 15 minutes, as I tried not to escalate on the phone, um, railed about anti-trans, didn't know I was trans, um, uh, railed about Maratucci, said Maratucci had transgender women answering the phones in his district office to hang up on him, uh, used the same talking points that the schools were kidnapping and indoctrinating. And it was like, I was like, okay, I need to go into a work meeting. And I finally ended up hanging up on him. But it was like, wow, okay, I haven't had a hate phone call in years. And um, wow. So they're really coming through their tactics. And that ends, and I'm starting into what can we do, and a Q&A. And so really, I know, I'm just going to throw some things out, and I know Dr. Riley is going to ask, open it up. Um, time check, are we, what do we got? I have about three minutes. Okay, what can we do? I'm just going to throw some um, really quickly. We need everybody stepping up. We need all of our allies in this. Trans people are getting tired of doing all the work ourselves. We need everybody in this fight with us. Um, we need more mainstream media awareness. We need you talking to your family. Anytime you hear transphobia coming up, but shut it down. Um, so we need a lot more support. We need more attention in the media and everywhere that we can to highlight really what's at stake and how, how awful this is. Um, we are tired. Trans people are tired. The activists are tired. We're mobilized by the energy of the youth, but um, we can't fight it legislatively alone. Um, and so this is really, you know, they're, they're, they're throwing the warning shots across the bow. And they're doing a really good job of it. So, um, so that's where I'm at. And uh, yes, question. Tiffany, that was a wonderful presentation. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, Sorry. If it's... Uh, I think we're out of time, but I, Ms. I, Woods is very gracious. Charlie has a question. Charlie, okay. you have a quick question really quickly? Yeah. Okay, really quickly. Tiffany, the question I have is what, I, we all know that the state, current state administration, and we have, Strong majorities in both houses in the state, but what locally are, are is there is there any networking happening in the municipalities with, with Mayor London Breed, with Mayor Shang Tao, with other um, mayors throughout the state? Because what I'm what I am beginning to feel like, even though we live here in the Bay Area, there are uh, there's a lot of things happening in our surrounding um, suburbs. And yeah, there's a lot and, of and I think happening. that's a good question. I think that most of the political organizations are on top of that. Um, like the Stonewalls and the the different political organizations are pretty aware of all this and mobilizing their their political club members. The P California Democratic Party and the LGBT caucus is aware, um, again, um, supporting all the legislation. California, we're really lucky that we have legislators and we have mayors and um, really starting to be really, we're pushing down on the statewide legislation, but we're recognizing that they're coming after the local school boards. The fight right now is the local school boards. Um, they're in Elk Grove. I've been fighting them at the, been at the school board meetings as they're, um, they're bringing these tactics there. Um, really work with your office. If you don't think they're aware, work with them, get involved. You know, bring, we think that we're in, in California and we're not, we're immune and this isn't happening to us, but it is happening. It is happening. So 
definitely get connected with your local school boards. You're going to have Oakland Pride coming up. That's a great way to be advocated and have your conversations um, there to make sure that they're taking it seriously. Because one of the first Drag Queen Story Hour protests with the Proud Boys was in San Lorenzo two years ago. Um, so yeah, they're, they're here. They're just, they're just um, focusing their energies mostly right now on school boards and school rights. Okay. And uh, Ms. Woods, uh, are you willing to stick around for yeah, a little bit absolutely. if anybody has any other questions? Absolutely. Well, thank you again. It was excellent. Thank you Thank very you much. so much. We appreciate everybody's coming and just yeah. taking the time out to be here. And again, thank you. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to commonwealthclub.org donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support. Thank you.